Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 84. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode here. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know how I feel about leadership. It is definitely the difference maker and the deal breaker. You know it's how we grow organizations. It's how we impact lives. And you also know that leadership is something we don't simply talk about here. Leadership is the action we are required and obligated to live out. Many of you know that I recently became a John Maxwell certified coach, teacher, and speaker. And with that, I can offer you workshops, seminars, keynote speaking, and coaching, helping you and aiding you in your personal and professional growth through study and practical application of John Maxwell's proven methods. Working together, I can move you, your team, and your organization in the desired direction to reach your goals. You know I'm passionate about leadership here. You know, one of the many lessons I've learned over the past few months working with John Maxwell and his team is that leaders add value by serving others. And I'd like to serve you, helping you reach your purpose, your vision, and your goals through an intentional plan of development. You can find out more information at dosaleadership.com. Contact me. I'm looking forward to assisting you on your journey to becoming a more successful leader. Well, I'm so excited to introduce to you today John Matone. He's widely regarded as one of the most influential leadership and talent management authorities in the world. He's definitely a game changer. He's a man many Fortune 500 companies have turned to for insights and helping them unlock their full potential, helping them sharpen and strengthen their leadership thinking and execution. And he's prepared many organizations to compete and thrive in the global economy. He's been recognized by the prestigious Thinkers 50 as one of the world's leading management thinkers and by Leadership Excellence Magazine as one of the top independent leadership consultants, executive coaches, and speakers in the world. His work's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, the Huffington Post, CEO, CLO, and CIO Magazine, and many other respected global news outlets. He's a trusted advisor and coach to some of the biggest world's leading organizations and brands, including the CIA, the EPA, FedEx, and the Navy Federal Credit Union. He's also the author of seven books and his brand new one that just came out entitled Intelligent Leadership, What You Need to Know to Reach Your Full Potential. John, thanks for coming on the Dose of Leadership podcast. Welcome to the show. Richard, great to be here. Thank you so, so much for the opportunity. Well, it's great. It sounds like you know, you're know you reading your background and your bio and reading some of your stuff. You're definitely one of my tribe members. I like to. I know this is going to be a great conversation because we're both passionate about leadership, but I always ask members and people who are who are kind of in this game, if you will, is like, how did it get sure. started for you? What what makes you so passionate about leadership? You know, I uh, just, uh, I, I think I learned a lot from my dad. My dad was a career Air Force guy, Richard. Uh, he was in the Air Force for 35 years. And, uh, he, you know, he was never an officer. He was an enlisted individual. Uh, and I remember my dad no longer with us, but I remember my dad as somebody who was just a strong individual, uh, very powerful presence, uh, in our home. Uh, his name was Dominic Matone. And, uh, from an early age, I just remember this, this passionate, uh, individual 
who went to work every day uh, to make a better life, you know, for our family. Uh, and here's an individual that, you know, rose through the ranks of the enlisted uh, ranks of the Air Force, uh, ended up being a chief master sergeant, uh, headed up recruiting uh, at, uh, at the later stage of his career, uh, volunteered for Vietnam not once but twice. Wow. Uh, yeah, just, and, and so, uh, honestly, uh, I, I think... You know, I, I, I look at I look at what drives me. I, I'm all about helping individuals and organizations, like you are. You know, you know, we've talked uh, previously, Richard, that that we share a passion around just helping people and helping organizations. I learned so much from my dad, uh, and I think I think it, it's innate, but I, I think my dad really energized me about the differences that you know that we can make uh, if we commit if we commit to doing it. So, uh, you know, that, that that's what I would say. I think my passion really comes from what I learned. Well, I love that. I love that you, you referred back to your dad. And it's not surprising, you know, every, a lot of these interviews that I've done here and even the people that I've met, and even this, this past weekend, you know, I was talking to you that I went to the Orlando for the John Maxwell certification training, complete that training of mine. Sure, that's great. And, you know, I got to saw so many great speakers. Les Brown spoke, and um, of course, oh, yeah. John Maxwell spoke, and then Nick. Uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up his last name. I should have thought the 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 gentleman that has no arms or legs. I don't need uh, Nick Virchik. Uh, oh, I don't oh know yeah, uh, yeah. I don't remember the name, but I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. and he's got tons of YouTube hits. But anyway, my point is, each one of them had just compelling stories, and they always go back to their their parents. And uh, Les Brown's story about his mother was just oh my oh. I mean, if you ever get a chance to hear him speak about his mother and I impact, yeah, it's just it's phenomenal. But John I Maxwell, know. John Maxwell was talking. He brought his dad there, and he for a, a, a opening <laughs> service. He's ninety two, and he has more energy than you and me combined, and it was just amazing. But <laughs> but to see John Maxwell, the guy who's just um, you know twelve thousand speeches, he's just comfortable on the stage. But he when he starts talking about his dad, he just he breaks down, you know. He just breaks yeah. down. He can barely contain himself. So I think it's beautiful. I think it's great that you, you mentioned your dad, of course, all of us. Um, and what I think is amazing about that, or insightful anyway, is that it just reminds me of how impactful I am to my kids. And you gotta you got to be very careful because you're on the stage and, and everything you do is so impactful for them. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We have to bring it every day, Richard, you know? Yeah. We have to we have to bring it every day uh, in our in our passion our, our work, and we got to bring it every day in our families, you know. And and at the end of the day, you know, you got to look back uh, and say, did I bring it today? Yeah. You know, and and you know, was I was I more did I touch more people in a positive way? Was I was I more capable today than I was yesterday? You know, was I more motivated today than I was yesterday? both at work and at home, and uh, it's tough. It's tough nowadays. Everybody's on a treadmill. It right? is. Everybody is just just uh, so busy and uh, has demands all over the place. But at the end of the day, I think we, we've got to reflect and, 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 and take a pause. And I, I just don't see enough of that going on. Yeah, I love Where that. we say, you know what I'm saying? Where we've got to say, you know, did, you know, can I do it better tomorrow? I mean, that's, that's the key. You know, can I do it better tomorrow? And, and then commit to it. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking before the recording, and and um, how we're both passionate about. It. I think that what what drives me and what the juice that gets me flowing on this is, 
is trying to add value to other people's lives. And it, and it may sound, um, I don't know, I guess what I get from that is, is once I started doing this, once I started doing the podcast and even focusing even more on that and, and, and getting around people who think like this, the more that I start to see things a little bit different, and it is amazing how it seems so many people are on autopilot. You know, it seems like when you get 25 years old, it's almost like you go on autopilot and you kind of die until you get to 20, 75 and, and you physically check out, right? It seems like there's so many people going on autopilot and they just, people need encouragement. They need to be touched. They need to be lifted, I guess. And um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I'm with you 100%. One of the, uh, you know, I do a lot of coaching out there. I do, uh, you know, I do a lot of work with uh, the CEOs of the world, senior executives, uh, and also I love working with the younger people, uh, you know, people who are the high potentials, the emerging leaders. And, you know, it's incredible uh, that, uh, that, that people uh, take so much for granted and uh, they, they do go on autopilot and they just kind of show up and do their thing and go home. Uh, and you know, one of the, one of the themes that I try to build into my coaching is this whole concept of how do you, how do you unleash your, your ultimate potential and, and, and become the best that you can be. And, and even, you know, it's very interesting, even like senior executives tend to, uh, not, not reject the message but rather they're suspicious of the message because, you know, they live in a certain house, Richard. You know, they make a certain amount of money, and it's almost like, well, why, you know, why do I, you know, I'm good. Why do I need to, you know, why do I need to really even look inside myself? You know, I, why do I need to do that? And it's amazing after uh, two or three months of working with these individuals, uh, inevitably they come back uh, if I've given them some tools to look inside and come to grips with things. Inevitably, they come back and they say, "You know something? I, you know, you're right. I'm not, I'm not bringing it like I can." And uh, so you, you're, you know, you got your finger on the pulse here. I, I'm with you 100. percent it's 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 a lot of the reason I love what I do. If I have an opportunity to coach a younger person or a senior executive, it doesn't matter. If I, if I can if I can ignite them, uh, uh, then. Uh, uh, it's it's just so energetic. I get so much from it. I, I, I hope they do. I think they do. But I get so much from it. So I'm with you 100%. Yeah, I think one thing you you said something there that made me think of, um, I've seen that too. I haven't coached a lot of top-level executives, but uh, some of the, the people that I've coached, um, they get comfortable where they're at. And I think that's the thing you got to really be careful about when you're at a plateau. If you're at a plateau, um, then you're setting yourself up for a major fall or disappointment, I think. Instead, it should be looked at you're constantly going um, a level of a success going uphill with stumbles along the way, but it's always an uphill climb that never ends. It's a, it's a journey that, that will never end until you check out. I, I love that. I, I, you know, I, one of the it's a sort of a message that I try to deliver in every coaching assignment, every speech that I deliver, which is, you know, go forward every day committed to worthy achievement you know it's not about money it's not about houses and cars it's all of those things are just irrelevant if you focus in on just doing your gifts and 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 executing your gifts at a high level being altruistic giving of yourself uh and, and helping others 
and building rewarding relationships. You do that every day. Great things are gonna. Great things are gonna happen. And uh, it, it's. I mean, those are those are words. Uh, and as you know, right? Because we work in this field together. Those are words. Uh, it, it's the people who execute those words that achieve what I call abundance in life. You know, it's uh, they're fulfilled. And but but it's a never-ending journey. No question. Yeah, and, it's, oh and it is a discipline. I was talking to one of my clients yesterday, and, and um, that's one thing she said to me. She said, you know, it's – it's." she goes, I love leadership. I've talked about it. I, I would say I was a leader, but, it, you know, she's a couple years yeah. into being intentional about her leadership. And she said, I never realized how intentional you have to be on a day-to-day basis. And it's so true. It's a discipline. But like you said, the, the payoff is huge. I was I would say I was not a pilot, too. I think, I, you know, I talked about leadership even in my earlier earlier phases of when I was speaking – and talking about it, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't living everything that I was talking up to, and I think that's the probably one of the biggest challenges of, of leadership. And maybe that's why some people steer away from it. That you're not maybe fully living. Um, you know, maybe you shouldn't talk about things that you're not trying to do. And then that's also good to say, okay, now I'm going to fix those things so I can talk about those things, or at least as an awareness. The intentionality, I guess, is the point of what I was trying to say. That the intentionality yeah. has to be there every day. With you, hundred percent. And when you talk about intentionality, you're talking about you're talking about the inner core of somebody. And it's interesting, uh, you know, the interviews that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I discovered the same thing when I go out and I, I do this research study every couple of years. I love talking with uh, senior execs, you, you know, kind of get a perspective on what's going on in their world around leadership development in their companies. So one of the questions I love to ask is, you know, who, you know, who's had the major impact on developing your philosophy of leadership? And uh, to your point that we started the, the show with today, you know what they say? It, they very rarely point to another business leader who had a major impact on them. Mm. They usually point to their parents, yep. maybe a, a, a teacher who had a big in, impact on a coach, right? Yep. Very rarely will they point to another business leader, and it dawned on me, I'm sure it's dawned on you, that we have a huge gap uh, in in every discipline, in every field, uh, in the education field, the political environment, businesses. We need great leaders. Uh, we need more great leaders. We, we have a few. We need more if we're going to move the needle. Uh, and... Uh, it's it's it, it comes from uh, inside, and it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I know you've seen this, where companies pour so much money into you know training programs and say, send this person to this program or that program. But if you can't get inside uh, the inner core of a young leader or or current leader, uh, and and deal with you know their their self concept and their values and their character and how they think about things and what their emotional makeup is. I mean, those are the predictors, ultimately, of leadership success. We're not, we don't spend enough time focusing in on the intentionality of the inner core. It's fascinating. Yeah. But I think it's an opportunity. It's a heck of an opportunity. And I, I, you said a couple things there that, that uh, really sparked my interest in this. The, the first part that you said that you know, there's a gap, there's a huge gap. I agree with you. You know, there's no real um, focus on heroic leadership anymore. In fact, you know, my friend Paul Callen, which I've interviewed, we did, we did a, a couple of theme sure. podcasts about this. And, and um, 
he's passionate about that. And where he got started with that, and when I met him a year ago, and I've noticed this too when I was, I, I've spoke to maybe high schools and maybe even uh, young college age students. Sure. And after I've uh, spoke to them, they've come up and they've said, wow, no one's ever really explained that to me, you know, and here they are three to four years into their college education and no one's even talked to them about some of the common sense things that I talk about, which amazes me. And Paul said the exact same thing happened to him, which kind of pushed him to kind of create this, uh, his niche is kind of focusing on, on educating and leading the millennial generation. And it's true. No one's is, no one is um, intentionally looking at there's no great examples out there you know anymore and i know it sounds like i'm a fuddy-duddy but um there really isn't there's no um great heroic leaders we look to everybody that we're bombarded with are all either either the politicians or the celebrities and um we we excuse that for or assume that that's what leadership is i'm with you 100 percent uh and and so you know if you look at the curriculum in mba programs Mm -hmm. There's another good example of it. Most of the curriculum uh, in these MBA programs, executive MBA programs, they focus in on concepts, uh, functional concepts, finance, accounting, economics, uh, quantitative analysis, all of this stuff. Rarely. If you look at even the top programs in the world, is there much of a focus on leadership? Mm-hmm. Now, there has been a shift in the last five years where a lot of these EMBA programs kind of woke up because they had to. Uh, and, and so they built in coaching, right, executive coaching into these programs. And um, you know, I'm involved in one right now uh, where I teach. And it's amazing these students at the end of the coaching assignment, they look at me and they say, you know something? (laughs) You know, here I am, 35, 36 years old. You know, I've been in the business world for 15 years. I just completed my MBA. And I I never learned. I took a course in organizational behavior, Richard, right? Mm -hmm. But I never took a course in leadership. It wasn't until I actually had this coaching experience where where I finally learned about what, what it, it, it truly, what, what it is all about. And so, yeah, I think we've got a, we've got a ways to go. Uh, and then, and then obviously, you know, with technology, um, uh, with, with, the, you know, with technology in the world of business, uh, it's becoming even more important. You know, the younger people don't want to be managers anymore. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Companies have a problem with leadership pipelines. Where are the future leaders? That's the question that you're hearing out there. Who's going to replace the baby boomers who are going to be retiring in the next 10, 15 years? So the CEOs look around and say, well, we don't have enough, we don't have enough generation Xers. The Ys are too young. But even when we go up to these people, they have no interest in leading people. I, I look at leadership as the most noble profession that exists. As long as you, as long as you're good at it, and we're not giving enough tools to the younger people, we're not. Uh, we're, we're not. We're not identifying the future leaders. We're not accelerating the development. Uh, there are ways to go. That's my observation. I, I don't. I don't know what yours is, but well, that, yeah. that's my observation. Yeah, I would agree. I think that. Um, I think that what I've seen in, in a lot of the corporations that I've 
worked in and that I've uh, helped, there's no and, – and these are big corporations. I mean big, you know, international. Right. There's no intent. They talk about it. They talk about, you know, they, they say the right things. And, again, I don't think it's out of malice or indifference that they don't focus on leadership. I just think it's a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding of what real leadership is. You know, there's always, you know, the age-old question. I think I because I'm so into it all the time, I don't necessarily – I know the difference between management and leadership. And I think there's just – if you ask someone who's not intentional about it, they'll just – they'll think management is leadership, you know, and management is efficiency and – and getting things done on time, and you need to be a good manager. But leadership is, at its core, inspiration and influence and, and touching people's lives and hearts. And I see top-level leaders, you know, and I said, are, are you walking in this door and thinking on the top of your mind, what can I do to lift the value of the people around me? No, it's always the technical stuff. It's like, how can I solve this? How can I get rid of this? How can I reduce my to-do list, my email list? i got to call this person. i got to get this report done. You know, it's all technical stuff and i think that you know people yeah. people generally get put into leadership positions rarely because of their leadership ability they usually get put in because of their success in a, te- in, a in, in a technical area you know the best accountant becomes the accounting team leader and it seems to make sense until you right. realize that um the skill set to be the accounting team leader is different than being the best accountant in the company and and that's why people fail. That's why you lose a good accountant and you gain a bad leader, and then everybody's unhappy. That happens all the time, every day. All the time, all the time. And you know, you're 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 making me think of uh, the late Steve Jobs. Very interesting. Uh, second time he came back to Apple, 1997, he delivered a very short speech in Cupertino, California. And when he came back, he said, you know something, it's not about computers, not about the box, not about technology. He was talking to his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, you know, and this is, uh, honestly, I I never, never met Steve Jobs, but he was really never known as a great leader. However... From what I've heard, just through people who were connected to him, that the second time he came back, he became a much better leader. Oh yeah, and it may have been born that day because what he said to what he said to his people was, "It's not about any of that stuff. It's not about what we do. It's about our people. It's about talent." And uh, some of the listeners might might recall this. This was the um, uh, the 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 day they actually unveiled the Think Different campaign, Richard. The Think Different campaign was was a, was creative. I mean, it was the creative genius of Steve Jobs, uh, and and it was really directed at consumers and his and his employees. And the message was, hey, guess what? You know, if you think different, you might get different results. If you think if you think big, you might get big results. And that was the message that Steve Jobs was trying to deliver that day. And so it, it's interesting, uh, I love what you just said, because it, 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 the, the, I think the key is in recognizing, and I think this was, in fact, Steve Jobs' greatest genius. I, I don't think it was the creativity. I think it was him recognizing it's about people. Yeah. And that's what propelled Apple uh, in 1997 to the company it is today. And, and, and sort of my observation is that when, when leaders start to recognize it's not about products, Right? It's not about it's not about databases. It's not about big data, right? It's not about technology. It doesn't matter what business that you're in. It's about people. And if you're better at 
uh, unleashing people, guess what? You're you're gonna you're gonna create uh, a better a better organization, a thriving place for people to grow. Anyway, I, I'm talking too much, but those, no, those are just no, my. No, you made me great. think of that. No, that's that's absolutely right. I mean, and I was thinking that um, you know if you read the Steve Jobs biography, and, and I've had some. Oh, one of my previous bosses, or um, we were having a discussion about leadership, and it was right about when the biography first came out. And he was highlighting. He was like, "Man, see how great it is that, uh, um, you know, people. You know, at the beginning, you know, and he made such. It was such a chaotic environment. Everybody looks back at that environment of, of, you know, working all those great hours, and that's how the greatness came because he was such kind of a kind of a hard ass and kind of being a a jerk. Yeah. And right. I'm like, well. You know, I didn't get that out of reading the whole biography. I certainly got that, and I and and I can understand how people look back at those times because they they went through and they suffered together, much like a marine going through boot camp when they go through that experience. Right. You know, it was hell, and then they 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 have friendships and they look back at it with fondness, even though it was hell. And but that doesn't necessarily mean that is the most efficient way. I think. To run and and Steve Jobs, I think would even admit that before he died, that the, the, the metamorphosis that he went through, or the transformation that he went through at the later stages in life, was completely different how he was in, you know, eighty one, eighty two, eighty three, or he, very he, much so, and uh, very much so. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, he it. really did. I think you're right. I think he grew. I mean, he definitely grew as a leader. Yeah. Really, he, when he hit age forty. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, he really did wake up, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's an age. Uh, I throw out age forty. It just happened at age forty for him. I think that he he recognized that that the the key the key is people. Yeah, and, he you rec- know it's it's the same in the military. It's the same on the football field or the baseball diamond or FedEx. It's about people. Uh, you got better talent, and and you develop that talent and you unleash that talent guess what? You're going to have incredible results. Yep. And I think we lose focus of that. I really do. Yeah. Did you see what, um, you know, that actor Ashton Kutcher said over the weekend at the Teen Choice Awards? Did you, have you seen that video yet? No, no, no. What, what, what did he say? I would, uh, a couple of people sent me the link and then, um, but you know, he plays in that new movie that's coming out. He played Steve Jobs. And so he's at this Teen Choice Awards and I'm like, oh gosh, what's he going to say? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so he gets up there and of course all the, Teenage kids, especially the girls, are going crazy and screaming. And he says, I got three things to say. And the first thing I got to say is uh, it's about hard work and opportunity. And he went through this litany of all these jobs that he had from washing dishes to pulling weeds to, you know, working fast food, whatever it was. He never turned an opportunity down. And he said that's what led to his belief. And, you know, so he said, you know, hard work and opportunity is the result of hard work. And so... When is the last time you've heard an actor, especially of that age, you know, say that? And the second thing he said, it's all about being sexy. And then, of course, all the girls went crazy. And he says, and what I mean by that is, there's nothing more sexy than someone who's creative and intelligent, and highly, you know, highly educated and intelligent. Yeah. So stay in school, essentially, is what he was saying. And the third thing he was, he got from talking about Steve Jobs, is like realizing that, you know, you're put on this planet a purpose to create, and don't ever believe that. Um, you know, like Steve Jobs said, his epiphany was he was looking around thinking, all these people that have created all these great things in the world are no different than me. And that that's kind of the message that he said, you know, you are you are put on this earth to do something great, you know, so do it. So I thought it was kind of impressive that an actor of all things, and especially him, 
said something of that. So it just it showed me that going through the Steve Jobs, you know, the learning to play him, he definitely got something out of it, I think. Fascinating. Yeah, he sounds very mature. I mean, that's that's definitely mature stuff because you know, that that profession right there, there's a lot of big egos there, self, you know, a lot of belief in self and for him to say all those things, he very clearly is showing that, you know, he cares about people, he's other oriented, you yeah. know, and that's beautiful. I Thanks for sharing that. What, it's great. What advice would you give to, and maybe some of the listeners out there, and I get a lot, a, a huge range, but a lot of them are people probably, um, like you said, they're, they're in those positions of not, um, not high positional authority. Um, they're wanting to make an impact, but they're kind of stuck there in the middle, not getting noticed. What do you think some of the best advice you could give to aspiring leaders, people that want to become better leaders? I think that's a great question. Uh, I I think of a, a few things actually, Richard. I think that um, you know you've got to you've got to align yourself uh, in your life and in the in the world of business with people who are of character, uh, you know, uh, and competent. I mean, those are the two things. And I see a lot of times. Um, I mean. Uh, uh, I mean, char- character will determine your ultimate destiny, and and so um, there's a lot of mistakes made by you know people who we, we you know we we saw as successful or we thought were successful. Uh, Clayton Christensen uh, ha- has has written about his story. You know, uh, when he delivered the commencement address at, at the Harvard Business School a few years ago. And when he graduated from Harvard with his MBA years ago, he had 28 other graduates. And and so how did he start off the speech? Richard, what he said was, uh, four of my former classmates are in jail. That's how he started. Wow. There you go. I mean, so he got everybody's attention, and these were Harvard MBAs. This is years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Who... It, you know, came from really good families, right? They they were taught the right things. Uh, they got they got big time jobs. Their careers took off. They lived in big homes, and and they made they made a mistake, you know. Uh, and, and it happens a lot. Uh, so I, you've got to align yourself, I think, with people of, of <clears throat> who are smart and and also people of character. I think that's that's important. I think the second thing is that you uh, have have got to come connected with your inner core, and if you don't work on your inner core, I think it's going to hamper your potential. So that means that you've got to be strong and vibrant, mature in your inner core, and and that means developing a belief in yourself that you and your team can work in tough situations. Uh, it's having a, a healthy emotional uh, framework. Uh, a balance framework. Uh, it, it, it means that you've got the right value system. Um, greatness, uh, greatness that's seen by others, uh, starts with the inner core. And I, I just don't see a lot of younger people taking time out to, to make sure they are strong in the inner core. And I think, I think the other thing too is, is you've got to have a board of directors. And every successful person that I talk to, doesn't matter what field that they're in. If you ask them, what was the key thing in helping them achieve their success? They'll always say, I connected with 
uh, people, my board of directors, stakeholders, people, uh, people who could make or break me, and I was uh, willing to go to them and say, you know something, I need help. I need guidance. I need support. Um, I've got an idea. I want to share it with you. Uh, yeah, give, me, give me feedback on my strengths and my development needs. So you see what I'm saying? Connecting oh, yeah. with people who can make or break you and being open to feedback, uh, which is an approach I use when I, when I coach younger executives, is, is so vital to uh, uh, be- becoming the best that you can be. Those, those would be, I guess, three things that I think are critical. Oh, I think those are great. I love the the last part, you know, connecting and finding, um, you know, be it mentors or somebody that you can do. And, and to me, what stri- strikes out is this whole uh, courageous authenticity and vulnerability. I think of the key. Those are the things that I'm kind of been, yeah, been uh, they've been sticking in my mind. I've been trying to write some things about that. I've certainly been speaking about that. Um, I think the key to any successful relationship, the key to leadership, is is that authenticity and vulnerability. Because at the end of the day, it's all about. Um, leadership is about influence, which means you got to have relations with people, and with re- relations with people, you got to have trust. And uh, to any relationship with trust, you got to be authentic and you got to be vulnerable. You have to love that. Love that. I think that's the key. Do you have the willingness? Do you have the guts to look inside, raise your hand, and admit that you're good, but you're not as good as you can be? Yep. that's the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our personal lives too, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, with our with our with our loved ones, we've got to be. We've got to be willing to, to look inside and say, you know something, uh, you're right. And, and that's the key to unlocking. I love what you said. I, I think the vulnerability, the decision to be vulnerable could be the greatest decision that you can make. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, and I'm speaking from a place where, um, you know, a decade ago, eight, ten years ago, I wasn't that. And it was more window dressing than anything else. And I wasn't the same person that you saw on stage or in the boardroom than I was at home. And it wasn't that I was, you know, a a raging abusive person at home. It's not that it was more that I was disconnected at home, which is just as, just as bad as almost as being a a raging alcoholic abusive. You know, I was disconnected. I've been through the same same, Richard. First time I had my business age 30 to 40. I thought I knew everything. Yep. I did. Okay. My business did okay. I, I lasted 10 years. And then I got tired of traveling, went back in the business world for 14 years. I made a commitment when I made my decision to, to relaunch my business two and a half years ago that I was going to build a board of directors, people who mean so much. My wife is on my board of directors. Mm-hmm. So, so she's one. But I have other people as well that I, I don't make any decision in my business without going to my board of directors. That's something I didn't do the first time around. And as a result of it, I wasn't as successful as I am now. Yeah. Very simple. It's very simple. You just got to execute it. That's right. You can't do it by yourself. Can't. Can't do it by yourself. Yep. Oh, I love that. Well, where you been? You've been under the radar. I haven't seen, you know, I came across your stuff. You got some great, uh, great insights, my friend. You're an old soul for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I mean Thank that the highest so highest compliments. I don't mean that you're old. I mean you you know, you're an old wise soul. <laughs> well, I um you know what it's interesting. I, I really learned a lot by going back into the corporate world. Um 
you know, I never really did executive coaching. The first time, I was too young. Uh, you just don't have the credibility. Right. Uh, but I learned so much by going back into the corporate world, and I had an operating, I was a VP of sales in a human resource company, and that was, that was important. Well, you know, you just kind of, like you, you just keep learning. Yep. And, you know, and, and uh, the passion, the fire is never going to go out to me. I'll be 85, 90 years old, hopefully, still doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Right on. I love that. Well, where, everybody, where can everybody find you? Give a quick plug where people can find you on the web. Yeah, the, uh, the address is simple. It's uh, johnmatonepartners.com. And uh, my website is, uh, it's, uh, it, we're in, actually in the process of, uh, of updating. It's pretty good. It's, uh, it gets me by. Uh, but if somebody came and hit it in two months, they'd see a, a brand new website. And so we're, we're in the process of doing that right now. And, um, you know, and so if, if somebody does want to contact me, yeah, just hit the website, send me a note, give me a phone call and would love to, to help in any way that I, that I can. Perfect. I'll have links to all that on the post when I get this online. So John, it was a true pleasure. I, I could, uh, we'll have to have you come back. I, I'm, said I did I started doing some theme podcasts I'd like to do one of those with you if you're willing to come back maybe we'll pick one specific topic and uh, do a little homework before you and I and then we'll we'll uh, bring it to the stage here if you'd like to I would, Richard I'd love to do that I, I tell you I, I've hit it off with you I feel so connected with you yes yeah, I can't wait to meet you <laughs> right I mean, on. just <laughs> we could probably spend all night just talking I know I love talking about this I mean that's what's that's what's great about this podcast and meeting you it was a true blessing to have uh, come across you so thanks for coming on the show Go the same way. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you, John. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.